Hello and welcome. This is Impact Pranayama by Connecting Room Foundation, SRCC chapter, which delves right into the depths of social entrepreneurship and the various aspects involved in it. Hello and welcome. Today on this podcast, we'll be talking about human resource management, something that is closely related to the best and the most important asset of the organization, the employees. And to guide us in this field, we are proud to have with us Mr. Vikas Dua, a TEDx speaker and author, former AVP, talent acquisition at the Wipro DOP, former VP, HR and head of recruitment at StarTech, and presently serving as a chief HR mentor at the Attain. We welcome you to today's podcast, sir. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And Anirudh, it's a pleasure being here for the students. It's a pleasure for us as well. So, without further ado, I would like to start off with the first question, sir. Sure. So, what we have been studying about HR in the textbooks is that it is about obtaining and maintaining a satisfied and a satisfactory workforce. So, with your experience of the corporate world, could you please give the audience some insights into the world of HRs and how different is it from what we have been taught in schools and in the textbooks? Sure, Anvil. Great. So, uh, I'm sure as a student, you're aware of, uh, you know, the classic definition of uh, HRM or human resource management. Uh, it's uh, really, if you look at it, the strategic approach about how a company uh, effectively manages its employees, motivates them to be- deliver to the best of their abilities. And in turn, uh, it's expected that the organization will gain some sort of uh, competitive advantage. Uh, this is pretty much what uh, the corporate world also believes. What we additionally learn in the corporate world really is that HR has a business angle to it as well. So it, it's about numbers as well as it is about people. And what we really see is that when you look at the hard numbers, they're really the numbers that show up on documents like the balance sheet and the profit and loss statement. Definitely. Also, I hold a perspective that uh, in the uh, space of HRM, the way it is taught in our academic institutes, uh, some elements such as recruitment and uh, compensation and benefits uh, do not get discussed in the required level of detail that they should be. So exactly. my complete perspective on uh, this question of yours is that uh, the corporate world really builds on the classic concept of uh, human resource management as we learn in our institutes and then takes it to a level uh, where it is more holistic and more implementable. So, sir, you've been in this domain for around two decades now. So, how do you think has HR evolved over the past few years and now has the pandemic affected the working and the coordination among the employees? Sure, Anirudh. You know, there's been a transformational change in the HR landscape uh, over the last few years. I've been part of the change and I've uh, experienced it firsthand so I can talk about it. Uh, In fact, the recent pandemic has actually completely accelerated that pace of change. So there was a time a few years ago where HR used to demand their seat on the table. Uh, Thanks to the pandemic, now they are firmly on the table. And in fact, uh, leaders have actually given them the uh, drawing board or the whiteboard and the markers to be able to chart out the future direction for the organization. Uh, As you must be aware, about 70% of our employees, uh, at least in the urban centers, are still not in the physical office space. So what's happening is that uh, HR leaders are now looking at integrating back uh, them back into the workplace uh, to some extent and also to ensure that uh, at least, you know, meanwhile, they're all connected in the online connected space uh, 
uh, to 100% level so that the organ organization can continue to move forward Definitely. additionally one important change that we have seen uh, as far as uh, you know the pandemic which you referenced uh, the impact of that is that the dni efforts or the diversity and inclusion efforts of organizations have uh, got a further impetus because uh, now with the general openness to working from home and uh, ability of people uh, who may not be able to uh, come across physically to office spaces uh, our potential to hire them to deploy them in our organizations has uh, you know shot up tremendously so those are some of the big ticket changes i would talk about yes definitely sir that is very true in fact and at the end what like believe what we believe is the bond and the communication among the employees that is exactly what matters but sir like with the changing times it is now quite evident that the people are inclining towards social media instead of being social in reality so how would this change the dynamics of human resource management great question anirudh yes uh, we have really seen a social explosion in the last uh, few years and uh, uh, the amount of uh, data that is generated uh, on a daily basis whether it's through uh, your uh, community uh, connection platforms on our mobile phones or social media platforms is just uh, humongous uh it has presented a whole new challenge to hr personnel but i also see it as an opportunity and uh, let me explain why uh, there was a time where um, uh, hr was uh, operating as the personnel department where everything was about uh, uh, people and productivity and yeah. the focus of hr leaders was to you know treat everyone equally treat everyone with the same brush and make them perform uh, to their 100% potential uh what ended up happening was that if you look at a uh, very critical component of hr like employee engagement uh you ended up seeing hr leaders treating everyone the same and that engagement was pretty much uh limited to events like fr- fun friday or uh, the quarterly rnrr which ended up being uh, take the team out for a dinner uh, take them out for a party take them out for a movie at best so social media now has transform this entire uh, engagement uh, platform so we have okay. hr which is now connecting to employees almost 24/7 uh, they are able to personalize uh, connects to each employee by deploying uh, tools such as chatbots and uh, other engagement uh, uh, you know softwares and what really is happening is that each one is getting that due personal attention or touch that uh, they need so that's where uh, social media has come in handy and it's also helping hr leaders integrate not only the employees within their organization but also those in the extended ecosystem which is employees of their uh, uh, vendors the support staff and uh, very importantly even customers because that's ultimately the relationship that takes any organization forward exactly yes sir so like as you said the world has now become like completely become a global village with every organization having an extended support of the employees and the staff and the customer that it deals with so so now talking about the colleges and the universities we have a lot of societies and student run organizations where we also conduct a proper recruitment drive so that makes me curious to ask that how is it different from what you do in the real world and how do you think that can be helpful for the students who are looking forward to work as an hr sure you know one of my uh, most cherished uh, topics having spent uh, so many years in recruitment so anirudh uh, my firm core belief is that uh, recruitment is a very straightforward standardized transaction actually you think about it 
uh, it's not very different from actually even the admissions process that an institute like yours uh, would uh, run every year to bring in the new batch of uh, students. So there is a, a candidate at one end uh, uh, and a job at the other end. What one is really trying to do is uh, match the candidate to the job. Uh, there are a series of steps in the middle, which we call the assessment step. So when you look at a typical recruitment process in any organization, it's essentially three large steps. The first is how that organization attracts and sources candidates. The second is how it evaluates those candidates through a series of assessments or interviews. And third is how they finally select that one candidate and then onboard him or her into the organization and bring him part of, uh, make her or him part of the family. The challenge that lies uh, under this really where in more cases than not, uh, companies tend to complicate these transactions. So they add layers or they add processes which possibly are not always value additive. For example, very basic example that I can uh, share with you is, and I'm sure uh, some of you may have experienced it during your internship process or other interviews, is that you would have multiple levels or multiple interviewers one after the other. My question right. at such times is that if you're adding successive layers of uh, interviewers, uh, why is that or what is the need for having that? Are you saying that the previous interviewer or interviewers were not capable enough of taking that interview or that exactly. selection decision? Yeah. And if not, then why were they there in the first place? Yeah. There are optimum ways to execute the same step. You can bring in a panel, you can do, uh, you know, two or three uh, interviewers interview the candidate at the same time. Uh, you have some selection or assessment tests which kind of filter out some of the candidates in the selection process itself. So there is an element of efficiency and speed that can definitely be brought in. And to that extent, even uh, this, uh, the uh, interviews that or the selection processes that you run for the bodies that you talk about will not be very different if you really bring it down to the brass tank and understand what are you solving for? Who is the kind of, uh, or what is the kind of individual that you want in that role? What is the job that individual is supposed to do? And then structure your interview process accordingly. So, so like, yeah, uh, very rightly said, even like structure to any organization or any process is like necessary for its efficient and effective implementation. So, sir, like, uh, it's very obvious in most cases for an organization to have both blue collar and white collar employees. And since HR is closely related to looking after all the employees, how do you make sure that each employee, whether a blue collar or a white collar, stays motivated? Could you also please suggest some ways that a social enterprise should follow while keeping in mind that most that in most of the cases, the volunteers do not have a monetary incentive to work? Sure, Andrew. A mark of a great organization is really one, in my opinion, where everyone, right from the CXO level uh, to the uh, frontline uh, worker who's really in contact with the customer or producing uh, the product which that organization is selling are all treated with respect and get their due uh, credit where uh, required. Uh, essentially, all human beings are motivated and in an organization setup as well, there are both intrinsic and extrinsic motivational factors at play. Each employee comes in with his or her own levels of uh, motivation different factors okay. which are internal to that organ, uh, to that individual. As far as HR department goes or the HR function uh, personnel go, it is their role to ensure that the extrinsic factors are in place. 
and like we discussed earlier to enable employees obviously to perform at their peak levels and to come in every day with a fresh and a positive frame of mind because only that sustains a, a organization for long term so hr leaders really need to start at the core which is building the right culture in the organization for this they need to obviously partner with the founders with the founding members with the leadership team to design and define what that culture is going to be and how it needs to be propagated down the lines uh, it needs to expand to ensuring that every employee gets the right tools and training for him or her to be successful in the job it means creating the right environment where there's collaboration and teamwork and positivity it also means uh, laying down a reward system which is just and fair and there is no impartiality a very critical component that uh, companies need to ensure is part of the cultural ecosystem is uh, integrity which should be non compromising across the board definitely so if hr leaders do all of this it pretty much helps ensuring that people across the ranks are motivated and work for the good of the organization in the case of a social enterprise there is a slight variation uh, only at a very conceptual level and that is that by design the individuals that are there in that social enterprise have very high levels of intrinsic motivation and for the reason they have chosen a path which is typically more challenging but more fulfilling it may not be as remunerative initially but then there are other benefits at a psychological level at a social level which are difficult to measure so in hr in these in such a scenario where it is managing a, let's say a social enterprise really needs to ensure that it supports these from a from the standpoint helping strengthen the intrinsic value system and ensuring that they don't feel let down or that their trust does not get damaged in any way which means that hr needs to ensure that the core mission of the organization whatever it is is being adhered to there is no uh, unscrupulous activity happening it is not just a, uh, a, a social image but more uh, uh, you know concerted delivery more uh, careful uh, execution that's happening on the ground and serving the end purpose of it which was created or established so sir like uh, just out of curiosity like uh, in an organization like we have two mediums of communication one formal and one informal so sir how do you think can anyone strike a balance between a formal and the informal means of communication because like if we are too formal i feel the employee there would not be an open communication whereas if we are too informal there might be some delays in the work that we do so could you please suggest some ways that a proper balance could be formed sure so uh, and under the best uh, way to bring in a balance as far as uh, work practices go and bringing that uh, right mix of uh, formal interaction and informal interaction is to create a systems and processes which help in this direction and what are these systems and processes systems and processes in this uh, context are really those reviews and uh, discussions uh, which enable uh, you know business uh, steps to move forward so if there are defined uh, reviews defined uh, discussions which happen at a periodic level whether it's a, a weekly meeting or a monthly uh, a review or a quarterly review more uh, commonly known as a qbr it ensures mm-hmm. that moment that review or that interaction happens in a structured calendarized way uh, automatically there is a level of formality and a level of seriousness that gets attached to it and 
the employees in the organization are uh, in a sense uh, not only uh, compelled but encouraged to uh, treat them in that manner and then adhere to it uh, informal communication is also helpful uh, it also serves a very critical uh, uh, you know uh, uh, part in any organization's growth journey Definitely. where uh, that needs to be controlled is when it's uh, loose gossip or uh, you know unsavory information which is flowing uh, flowing around and that to my uh, view should be curtailed more by uh, encouraging a transparent uh, culture in the organization and uh being uh, clear and open to all your uh, colleagues right so i definitely agree that uh, the formal means of communication is as important as the informal means of communication is so like coming to the final question that i would like to ask is what advice would you like to give to the audience or rather if i could frame it in this way what advice would you give to yourself back when you were about to begin your journey in the hr domain Oh, lovely question, Anurudh. I think <laughs> I would uh, give myself a lot of advice. Uh, as an individual, uh, obviously, uh, I look back and I uh, always uh, think of those opportunities or uh, instances where I feel I could have done much better, and uh, just like anyone does. Uh, but if you if you were to ask me one specific uh, advice which I would give myself, uh, I think it would be to get some more cross-functional exposure early on in my career. and not limit myself just to the hr uh, function in fact my uh, feedback or suggestion to um, uh, students who are listening to the podcast would also be to uh, evaluate this at the start of their career itself uh, i would recommend they read this very interesting book uh, called catalyst by chandramouli venkateshan uh, yeah. he is a renowned uh, industry expert and he very beautifully has laid down uh, some uh, practical steps which uh, students or young executives can Uh, take at the start of their uh, career itself uh, to enable them to build a very long term successful career uh, and uh, i only wish it was printed uh, during my college days i would have uh, picked it up then but uh, for uh, those who are listening in uh, uh, do 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 read so that uh, that would definitely be very helpful for the audience so now we've reached the end of this episode and i would like to express my heartfelt gratitude to you sir for being with us today and guiding us to one of the most important aspects of any business any organization uh, human resource management thank you so much anurudh it was a pleasure being here and i wish all the students of src and students across the country who are listening in to uh, all the best for the journey ahead and uh, take care during these times thanks a lot sir the pleasure was all ours thanks a lot Hope you liked today's episode. Thank you and stay tuned for more informative bites on the aspects of entrepreneurship by Connecting Dreams Foundation SRCC chapter.